Welcome back, everybody, to the show about Cobra Kai, and that is Never Dies, everybody, and that's right, because Cobra Kai never dies around here, it is season two, episode four of Cobra Kai tonight, and as always, I'm your host, Karate Kip, and y'all know who it is, I got Cobra Cole in the house. Hey, welcome hey, back. Hey, we are ready to talk about some Cobra Kai. And how are you doing tonight, Cole, my binary brother? Pretty good, man. How about yourself? Man, I'm super excited to talk about this one, as always. Karate talk, chopping it up. Chop, chop. And yes, hello, listeners. Hello, fellow Cobras. And there is so much to talk about in this episode there's so much teen drama oh yeah so much teen drama and that's what we're here for and i yes as always i do have my cobra kai shirt on and we got some new characters even too this time i think yeah that's right a couple surprises and i was thinking about what you said last time and yeah i think i want to wear the gi sometime you're right for the yeah show. yeah man <laughs> i mean the listener uh you know, they, I think it, they can really tell when you're wearing the gi as opposed to just a t-shirt, I think, man. Oh, yes. It's another level. It's another level. And, yeah, we'll have to post a picture of that and post that up. Maybe we'll do that for the season finale or something. I mean, right now, I'm wearing my Cobra Kai three-piece suit. <laughs> oh, we'll have to post that. Yeah, it's it's got the, uh, you know, Cobra Kai logo on the back. You know, you got a black a black jacket with a yellow shirt, black tie. Black pants, you know how it is, man. Cobra Kai three-piece suit, dude. I'm wearing it right now. Ooh, that sounds really, really dapper, dude. I like that. I like the sound of that. And yeah, with all of that good stuff out of the way, I got the next thing coming up. And y'all know what it is. It is some Cobra business. Still there? You still, you still there? What was that, Cole? Did you hear that? <laughs> Were you able to hear that? All I heard was that you said you had some Cobra business. Oh, you didn't hear the snake? No. It's not working? You didn't hear that? No. Oh, I was trying to get the soundboard to work. Oh. It didn't work. Okay. Mm. <laughs> okay. That's all right. Fail. We're going to try to get that going. Yeah, that brings us to, y'all know what it is. It's some Cobra business. Insert Cobra sound. (laughs) 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 And yes, uh, just to clear up some stuff from last time, we were talking about which restaurant Johnny and Miguel had that really, really touching speech in. And we were saying, is is it Crease's old thing? But yeah, the Crease's one was called Smitty's. Smitty's, right? Yeah, I was, I was confused because uh, I guess they both have their, you know, their favorite diners, separate diners. Smitty's and Sal's. Gotcha. Okay, I wonder which one's better. <laughs> yeah, wait, get a hot cup of Sanka, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's instant coffee. That's right. And Cole, do you have any Cobra business tonight? I just have one disclaimer: I may or may not actually have a Cobra Kai three-piece suit. <laughs> Boo! <laughs> Insert boo sound here. <laughs> that's, that's about it for me. Okay, that's all right. That's all right. So to 
finish it up, y'all. We got to let y'all know that our number one fan, Megan, got some Cobra Kai stickers for being the first person to email in. And yes, if you guys email in, y'all might get some Cobra Kai stickers well in the mail. Who knows? And they're awesome, too. It's a it's a pretty wide variety there to choose from. Uh, all kinds of cool stuff that, that came in that pack, not just the Cobra Kai logo. Yeah, it was pretty cool, right? So, yes, email in. We would love to talk to you guys. And that's neverdiespodcast at gmail.com. And if that's all that has to be said, that is the end of Cobra business then. Insert Cobra sound here. all right you guys so with the cobra business out of the way that brings us to y'all know what it is it's the recap cap 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 (laughs) live effects so yes the last episode was fire and ice you guys remember it was a good one yeah johnny finally got connected to the internet we had that funny johnny versus technology montage and he was having so much fun until he was interrupted by Daniel's Miyagi-Do commercial, which kind of it kind of called out Cobra Kai. Snake in the grass. That's right. Three karate lessons as well. But the new students kept dropping out when they learned that they had to do chores around the dojo first. They didn't, they didn't like that. And then Johnny made a commercial for Cobra Kai as well, and he sent it to the internet. And then sent it to the internet! <laughs> Miguel and Hawk confronted Johnny about their punishment from the tournament and Robbie being Johnny's son and everything. That was a huge revelation. Johnny kind of shut them down, though, in a way. And while getting ready for Valley Fest with Amanda, Daniel got the idea to combine their LaRusso Auto Group presentation with the Miyagi-Do demonstration in order to get more students. And then we had that great speech from Johnny and Miguel, like we were talking about in Sal's Diner, about how he wasn't there for Robbie's birth and how he's been failing him every, every day since. And he's not going to fail Miguel, though. That was a really good scene. And then to cap things off at Valley Fest, Miyagi-Do's demonstration were going pretty well until Johnny, Kreese, and the Cobra Kai students crashed the party and made their own presentation with Free stuff. Everybody loves free stuff. Oh, yeah. Had action and more spark. Told the audience and other potential students. They're just way cooler, man. They're just cooler. Sorry. It was way cooler. Yep. We saw Daniel's ice challenge dripping down at the end as the Cobra rock music played on. That is where we left it. What a crazy place to leave it. It was a great episode. More like Miyagi don't. Oh, oh, can't believe we haven't said that yet. It's a good one. We have to start saying that. Miyagi don't. Miyagi don't. That's a new one. Put that on a shirt. Miyagi don't. Put that on a shirt, Cobra Kai. So, yes, that is the last episode, guys. And tonight is all about the next episode. This one is directed by. Michael Grossman. We should talk about who the directors are more often. So this one is Michael Grossman. 
And it is entitled The Moment of Truth. And Cole, why do you think they titled this one Moment of Truth? Because we get to see just how greasy Crease is, I think, in this one. Hey, that is right. We get to find out how greasy Crease is. And the most truth is also the lyrics and song title from the Karate Kid One credit song. Ooh, it's okay. the moment of truth by Survivor. It's the moment of truth. Do you remember? So I'm gonna play a little clip of the song there if I can. I'm gonna start playing some clips, you guys. Insert Survivor here. Pretty cool little Easter egg there. Cole, are you ready to go on this one? Yeah, yeah, let's get into it. I'm excited too. And the opening scene of this one was at the Cobra Kai Dojo. <laughs> this scene, you guys. Dimitri walked in and he wants to know about Cobra Kai. But Kreese was the only sensei there. <laughs> Dimitri and Kreese. So Dimitri began saying that while he's decided to join Cobra Kai, he has some ground rules for his karate. <laughs> I love those ground rules he had. <laughs> he also insulted Kreese's snake tattoo in a way, or kind of like cor cor uh, corrected it. Yeah. And we had Dimitri running out after that with a bloody face. Crazy, right? I thought it was funny how... Uh... He first walked in, and uh, he's ha he's actually happy to see Kreese because it's not J he's not Johnny. Oh yeah, that's right. Thought that, that, that part was funny. It's like how little does he know? <laughs> oh yeah, he uh, he wished it was Johnny now because he ran out. Definitely had injury on his face, and we got the Cobra Kai title screen in yellow this time, and it's. Always a good episode when it's in yellow. Right, Cole? It's always it's just always a good episode, I think, man. <laughs> don't matter what color the... Oh yes. So yeah, what did you think about that opening scene, Cole? Man, I think uh, it was hilarious. Dimitri uh, had no idea what he was uh, walking into there. Um Kreese just stands there the whole time listening to him, you know, go on and on about uh, he wants to learn karate without getting hit. <laughs> and uh, then, like you said, he just kind of makes fun of his... T well, doesn't really make fun of his tattoo, but, like, criticizes it. And, you know, the whole time, Chris is just standing there, and then face of black... Dimitri walks out with a bloody nose. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah, so, it, exactly. It's hilarious, but also, what do you think actually happened? I think, uh... Chris, I mean, Chris hit him. I guess. I mean, it's not that funny, really. Think about it. Yeah, I think Crease uh, just let him run his mouth and decided to to hit him so he knows how it feels to get hit. So, the first couple times I watched it, I would agree with you. I do think it did look like that. It, it, you would assume that, and that could have happened. Now, thinking about it, I just don't think he would really cross that line. 
straight up hitting him. I think the only out for him for me is that he started training Dimitri, but was extra hard on him. You know, he, he injured him gotcha. during so you, the you training. You think there was a little more time there than just, gotcha, okay. Yeah, with the editing, it makes it look yeah. like he just hit him in the face, but I think it's a little out of character. That makes a little more, yeah, that makes a little more sense. Mm-hmm. It does make it look like that, though. It does. But thinking things through and seeing it a few times, it's a little out of character for Kreese to just straight up punch a kid. I just don't think it's in his nature to just lash out in that fashion, but I do think it, it would be in his nature to be a little extra hard on him in the training. I mean, Johnny kind of did. You know, he straight up like, was rough with Miguel the first time. So. Yep, and, and Johnny hits his students. So yeah. I think that Kreese tried to get him to, you know, said, hit me, or try to hit me and like countered him. I think you're, I think you're right. You, you probably, yeah, you probably did start to train him a bit and it was too, too rough. So, yeah, that's just an interesting thing, but yeah, he could have hit him, but just thinking things through, I think it was extra hard on the training. Just something to think about you guys. We'll never know. It's like the, the thing at Applebee's. <laughs> so, yes. At the next scene, y'all, we are at the back of the Miyagi-Do dojo. And there is so much teen drama in this one, you guys. It is an excellent episode, and it starts right here. So Sam and Robbie were getting ready for training. Sam was stretching, and Robbie was warming up on the punching bag. And Robbie's talking to her. He stopped hitting the bag. He said, maybe we should take a video of us sparring and post it. Because you know they're still in need of some new students. Yeah, especially after that, after they got showed up at Valley Fest too. You know, to be honest, I don't think that's a bad idea from Robbie. Really, it could work. But Sam responded that everyone had already seen them at Valley Fest. No one cared, and I think she's right too, though, Cole. So what can they do? Well, um, they just don't have the. uh... The charisma, I guess, you know. Uh, the Zazz. Yeah, they don't have it. They don't have the Riz, man. You know, these guys, the Cobra Kai's like rock stars coming out there, right? Mm-hmm. Looks like super cool to everybody, and they got to figure out how to make themselves look cool. It really boils down to offense versus defense. Offense is more exciting. Defense wins championships, of course, is what Sam's going to say. And it really, I think if you boil it all the way down to it, Offense versus defense. Offense, definitely more exciting. You're right. I think people like to see that aggressiveness. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, actually, that's what Robbie said in the next scene. He said, it's all, you know, people show for the offense. They need right. to do something else. And so, Miyagi-Do is in a tough spot right now. See, Sam did, did say that defense wins championships. She did say that. That's right. And in the front of the dojo, Daniel is working on getting that banana boat up and running. And how <laughs> cool is that, Cole? The banana boat. That's the actual car. Still. Cool. And he's like fixing it up. This is like, you know, more fan service here, of course. But I just love that. Perfect. Sam was also there front. She was asking if Daniel wanted to come and take them in the back. But instead of answering her, he began to tell Sam about his first car selling gig. He said, 
there was another car salesman there. He thought he was God's gift to sales, but he outsold him in the first month by just treating people honestly, right? You know, he, and that's what Mr. Yeah. Miyagi told him to do. Look people in the eye, earn their trust. So he's going to start using his car salesman skills to try to get some new students. He said it's the same thing with karate. You know, they needed more personal touch. And what do you think about his reasoning there, Cole? I think he's right. You know, uh, that's that's what I was actually, yeah, exactly like I said, that's pretty much Miyagi's teachings, so that's in line with Miyagi-Do. And uh, Daniel's uh, that way himself by nature. So, uh, you know, why not use that same model to get more students for Miyagi-Do? Mm-hmm. Well said. And yeah, I did like the little thing about Mr. Miyagi telling him how to sell cars in like an honest yeah. way. And it did help his career. So that's a pretty cool thing. Daniel hopped in the car after that. He's in the driver's seat of the, of the banana boat. I love that. And he said, are you ready? And he turned it on. Oh, yeah. It's on now. Sam was smiling. And Daniel said, go get Robbie. We are going to take a drive. And yeah, I just got to take a step back and say, how cool is that? And not is only cool. is it this, the old iconic banana boat. Yeah, it is cool. But I still say he should have chosen that black Cadillac. <laughs> no black Cadillac, dude. Yeah, where's that one at too, right? Of course. I mean, that, that would have been my choice. I would have gone with the Caddy. Me too. Very slick. But hey, the old banana boat is also very cool. And yeah, do you have anything to say about that scene, Cole? No, I think uh, you know. Well, you just get to see more of Daniel being Daniel. You know, he always. Uh, it's good about him. He always does try to be honest and kind of tell things how how they are. But you know, he's he's flawed as well. He's giving he's giving himself good advice and also to Sam at the same time. I think is what he's doing there. I agree. I agree. He's gonna have to find a different way to bring more students in, but that is moving in the right direction. And at the next scene, y'all, we are at the Cobra Kai Dojo. The Cobra Kai students are getting ready for class. And if you guys notice in these scenes, Miguel's gi is a lot more faded than the other students' gis, the Cobra Kai symbol on the back. Yeah. It's a nice touch because that's Johnny's gi from that's 1983 that he gave him. Pretty cool there. Yeah, that's awesome that he's still wearing Johnny's gi. Mm-hmm. So the students are warming up for class, and Crease was there. He's talking about his time in Mogadishu, and you know that's the that's the city from Black Hawk Down, Cole. Somalia, right? Yeah, that's right. And if you notice, there's a lot of new a lot of new students in the dojo, and I think that's from when they stole the show at Valley Fest in the last episode. Kreese was there talking about how many warlords he killed there, and Aisha and Hawk they were eating it up, but Miguel, you know, was a little second guessing him. And meanwhile, in the back room, Johnny and Armand were arguing again because Armand wants to raise the rent more because, you know, he's saying Johnny has more students. He can pay more money. And they're having an argument. It's like how Hawk uh, asked Crease uh, how many warlords he killed. And his response was, do you keep track of uh, every ant you saw about? <laughs> yeah, it's interesting that Hawk, <laughs> Hawk is definitely like listening to Crease's stuff a lot more eagerly than Miguel and you're going to see that definitely and he's yeah he's he's leaning into that and Kreese brings that element of like enemies and 
yeah, squashing of, of uh, ants and stuff. He brings a different, a harder edge, Cobra Kai at the moment. And you're right about that. Hawk was eating it up. But in the back room, Armand and Johnny, you know, they're still arguing. And Johnny said, you know, they had a handshake deal. Hmm. Armand said that's because he had shitty credit and they have to make a new handshake deal. And Johnny, he like gripped his hands really hard, kicked him out. So they're like not on good terms anymore. Yeah, made him leave out the back door even. Yeah, he's not on good terms with Armand any, any longer. In the main room, though, Kreese was still going on about Rwanda now, and Miguel was correcting him some of Kreese's geographical knowledge, calling him out on his lies a little bit. Kreese laughed it off, saying it all bleeds together, but there's definitely something going on there, Cole. Miguel, Miguel's a smart kid. Pretty smart. And at that moment, Johnny came out of the back room, saying it looks like we have a bunch of new students. And he told them to fall in. And so he started looking them over. And are you ready for some more nicknames, Cole? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so he came up to those two redheads and he said, straighten up, ginger twins. <laughs> so we have the ginger twins now. And then he noticed Raymond there, too. Yeah. <laughs> But he didn't recognize him. He thought he was a parent. And yeah, the, the guy from the hardware store, yeah. That's right. Cool Raymond. And from the, you know, he was like eating it up at Valley Fest, talking about the bow staff and everything. And But he it was also cheering on Cobra Kai. And he's here because of that. And did you see his cool headband? He, he was yeah. the only person with the headband on. He's ready. When Raymond said he was there to kick some ass, sir, Johnny said, this is a class for teenagers. To which Raymond replied, don't worry, I can take them. <laughs> he said, I'm not afraid of kids, sir. <laughs> yeah, that was really funny. Raymond lives with his mom, though, and, she, and so he doesn't pay rent, so he's got cash. And Johnny took the money and said he's on a trial run. So Johnny began to address the room, saying if they have any chance to be a fighter, they have to fight. And so who thinks they can take on the champ? And the room went quiet. And Raymond was about to speak up, and we heard a new voice from the back. And she said, I'll take him on. And who is there, Cole? New girl. New girl. Insert, insert air horn sound. Insert air horn sound. It's Tori. Tori. Right. A major character and one of my favorites. With a Y. It's with a Y. <laughs> she's looking tough. She's played by Peyton List. And she was on the Disney Channel. Did you ever see her on the Disney Channel? No, sir. You know, I didn't either. And I, I was kind of blown away when I saw some videos of her. She played very, like, upbeat, positive girl wearing all pink and stuff. So <laughs> she's uh, showing a lot of range here. So that was good. She plays a tough girl this time. I'll take him on. Oh, you will, huh? I saw your little demo at Valley Fest. You guys can put on a show. Can you actually fight? That sounds like a challenge. I like a challenge. Johnny called on Miguel. Show little Miss Hotshot here. 
what Cobra Kai is all about. <laughs> woo! Insert woo sound. So the kids cleared the mat, and Miguel began to ask Tori if she was sure, but Tori just did a front kick on in mid-sentence, and she is not playing around. Boom, struck first. She, she already did. Knows the, she already has the first rule. She already did it. Miguel said, game on, and it's karate time, Cole. All right, folks, get ready. It's karate time. So Miguel got in his stance. Tori tried to going straight at him again. She, she came with a few punches and another kick, but Miguel was able to block and dodge them all. And Kreese was nodding, though. He, he like, liked her aggressiveness, you know. Tori then tried another kick, but Miguel was able to catch her and send her to the ground. Tori did a backwards roll, that cool roll, and got back on her feet, and she has some skills. Tori went straight at Miguel again, using more punches, but Miguel blocked those too on her that she is telegraphing. So he's like critiquing her as they're fighting. But he, he kicked out one of her legs. Tori kept her balance though, and then grappled Miguel and sent him to the ground. But she was uh, able to remain standing, saying, did you see that coming? Oh, are they flirting, Cole? Maybe, maybe a little bit. I don't know. Miguel, Miguel seems like he's excited about it. Flirt fighting. <laughs> While on the ground, though, Miguel pulled a scissor leg gravel that got her to the ground, too. And Miguel stood up saying, maybe. And then he put his hand out saying, I'm Miguel. But Tori responded with, my name is Tori. And then flipped Miguel over, pinning him down, saying, with a Y. <laughs> and what is that a callback to, Cole? Uh, totally to the, uh, the first movie, you know, with Allie with an I. Allie with an I. Nice catch. Nice catch. My name's Miguel. Tori. <laughs> with a Y. Hey, you got a name? Allie with an I. Hey, what's your name? Daniel, with an L. <laughs> I'll see you later. So, Johnny and Kreese looked at each other as the scene ended, and how do you feel about this new student, Cole? Uh, she's cool. <laughs> she is cool. She's tough. She is tough, and she has some skills, and do you have anything else to say about that scene? No, I think, uh, you know, Miguel uh, was surprised at how well she could actually fight. And uh, she's already shown that she she's uh, more experienced than the other students that came in for sure. Uh, and that uh, she'll probably end up being a good student there. She already knows uh, some of the rules of Cobra Kai, looks like. She struck first, didn't show any mercy. I think she's going to fit right in. She is going to fit right in. And in the next scene... It's the beachside highway, and we're in the banana boat driving. So cool. Daniel's driving with the top down, having some fun beach music going on. Sam is there. Robbie's in the back seat. And yeah, how cool is that? He, Daniel is driving the car again. Banzai! 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 <laughs> yeah, the, the car didn't, I noticed the car didn't have any windshield wipers. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. It's oh, weird. you don't you you don't need those in California. Yeah, you probably don't. 
So, yes, Robbie and Sam start to question Daniel on what the plan is. And what is his plan, Cole? He wants to go to the country club and try to start trying to sell Miyagi-Do pretty much. That is 100% correct. And so they pull up to the country club, and it's named Oaks on the Beach, I noticed. And this is like the beach version of the Encino Oak kind. I, I guess they have two properties. Daniel said, it's always packed there on Saturdays. And I just like those little details, like they're making it like a real world and stuff. So as they pull up, Amanda's there. She's saying, cool wheels, daddy-o. And I <laughs> like that. They are cool wheels. And, and I was saying, we need to bring daddy-o back. Daddy-o? Yeah, yeah. You want to help me bring it back, daddy-o? Uh, I don't know about that one, man. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to see. We'll have to see. So, hey there, dad, dad, daddy o, daddy o. Hey, Daniel said, "Yeah, we can cruise on down to the Passion Pit, and they kiss, and are they flirting, Cole? Oh yeah, potentials. Woo, <laughs> they're married. They're married. Woo." <laughs> and as they're walking up, though, Robbie was looking a little apprehensive. Why is he feeling this way? Because he used to work there, and he got in trouble there. Do you really think he used to work there? Well, he didn't work there. You know, he used to he used to you know do his little con. His, what do we call it? It was a Robin Robbie. He did Robin some Robin Robbie. Robin Robin yeah, business, was, business there. You know, his business. I thought you were saying he actually worked there, but yeah, no, he was doing his work there. That's right, Robin Robbie. And he, yes, it's gonna stuff is gonna happen there. So much stuff is going to happen at the country club. In the next scene, we are at the Reseda Flats Mini Mart. Aisha and Tori are there after class. Aisha was sighing, looking at her phone. Tori asked, let me guess, another dick pic. It's pretty, pretty <laughs> funny. It's, it's pretty funny, like, in a way, but it's a line that shows that Tori, like, has been harassed kind of before, yeah. right? I'm sure that most girls are harassed like that. Man. Right. It's a sad thing. It's not, I mean, it's a funny line, but it's like not funny for real, of course. And the line also suggests that she's more streetwise than some of the other kids, I, I was thinking. Writers do these things for a reason. But Aisha said it was because her parents wanted to go to the Beach Country Club. Tori's like, ooh, that sounds so miserable. But Aisha said it's because this girl, Sam, is going to be there. And they are not on good terms. And this is huge coming from Aisha. Because they used to be best friends. Say, yeah, they were best, yeah, they were best friends. She said, this girl, Sam, and y'all, here comes the teen drama. Woo, it's already happening. And it seems they're like their friendship is basically on the rock. And Aisha might be looking for a new friend. Because she introduced herself to Tori and she, com- and she commented on her bracelet. It's one of those spiky ones. You remember from like 2001? Yeah. <laughs> and Tori said it's not just for show. And she used it to, like, to defend herself once. Aisha said it looks like Tori already knows how to fight. So like, why does she need Cobra Kai? Tori let her know that she's, she's had a few kickboxing lessons. And that explains why she was using so many kicks against the fight against Miguel. 
And then after they became friends a little bit more, Aisha asked her if she wanted to go to the country club with her. She said it would be nice to have some backup. And it's cool, but it's also sad. It's cool for them because they're becoming friends, but it's sad that she needs backup against Sam. Right. And what do you think about all that, Cole? Tori's cool. I think Tori, Tori would, uh, would have been, it reminds me of like a girl I would have hung out with in, in high school. Right. Uh, but yeah, she, she, like you said, she's definitely a little streetwise and she's, she knows how to fight a bit. And yeah, it sucks to see that um, Sam and Aisha, are, you know, their friendship is kind of failing at this point. So much that Aisha feels like she has to have someone there to, back, like you said, back her up against her best, her previous best friend. I mean, well, that's, she must have some real like uh, animosity towards her to be that, be that mad at one of her best friends or her best friend. I mean, that is her best friend. Teen drama. Yeah. Ooh. I agree with you with all that stuff, by the way, Cole, you were right. And the scene cuts to the outside of the Cobra Kai dojo and Hawks FaceTiming Dimitri. And they were talking about how Kreese injured Dimitri at the beginning of the episode and we talked about. And Hawk was telling Dimitri to stop being such a bitch about it. That was so funny. Hawk, man. <laughs> Hawk's a punk. Hawk's a punk. Hawk's a punk. Hawk's being a punk right now. So Dimitri said, this is serious. You know, it's aggravated assault. And along with assaulting a minor, I would guess, unless, unless they pulled the, you know, training defense. And Hawk told him to remember what happens to snitches. And Dimitri was like, I already have stitches. Funny. <laughs> he said, you know, Dimitri says they get immunity. Yeah, he gets, the, yeah, they get immunity and all that. <laughs> he's like, and then Hawk's like, no, they get stitches. And he's like, I already, I already have stitches. That's right. Yeah. At that moment, though, Miguel came out of the dojo and he asked Hawk, like, what's, what happened? And Hawk answered by saying that, Dimitri couldn't handle training with Mr. Cree. So that kind of backs up the training thing a little bit. He's not, he's not Cobra Kai material. But as Hawk walked off, Miguel looked a little put off. And are you seeing a little strain in their friendship as well, Cole? Yeah, maybe a little bit. I think Miguel's starting to see that uh, Hawk's starting to let some of this stuff go to his head. That's right, because look at where we where we came from. Hawk yeah. is Eli. Hawk and Eli were best friends. Remember the binary brothers? Eli no longer exists, man. He's gone. It's only Hawk now. It's only Hawk now. Dark side took him over, dude. He's he's a he's a come to the dark side. Really affecting their friendship. He's not backing him up at all. It actually hasn't been going that well for a while. Miguel went straight from there to the back room of the Cobra Kai dojo. He wants to talk to Johnny about those things. And I like that. He went straight to Johnny. Johnny was adding Cobra Kai Never Dies slogan to the wall back there. And that's something to talk about. Dojo watch. Insert dojo watch sound. (laughs) Because he's building the back room. He was saying that he used a level this time. do it it's a little off kilter (laughs) so when miguel brought up dimitri and everything johnny responded you know he probably deserved it 
And I don't, I have to say, I don't like that from Johnny, you know? It's like bullies backing up bullies. Yeah. So, Team Daniel. Daniel wouldn't do that. Miguel went on from there to say that he knows that Crease and Johnny are old friends. Some of Crease's stories don't add up. Johnny said that he and Crease go way back. He thinks that everyone deserves a second chance and that he's on top of it. And yeah, there was a lot going on in that scene, Cole. There's a lot to unpack. So what do you think about all that? Well, I think uh, Johnny knows why Miguel is concerned. Because Johnny's been through uh, what Kreese can do to someone's mind. and But he wants to assure Miguel that everything will be fine. And so that's why he tells Miguel that he's on top of it. And yeah, I think he also feels kind of bad for Kreese and, and does think that he, he's changed and wants to give him a second chance. Yeah, you can totally see where he's coming from. You can totally see where he's coming from. But yeah, injuring Dimitri is a big deal, and he needs to he needs to take you know Dimitri's at his word a little bit more, in my opinion. But yeah, you can definitely see where he's coming from. People get injured in training. It can happen. So at the next scene, you guys, this is where it's going to all go down. At the Oaks on the Beach Country Club. Let's set the scene here. Daniel is drinking some Coronas. Brought to you by Corona. (laughs) By the pool. Some other dads. And yeah, he starts to steer the conversation over to uh, how he's been switching things up to help protect the kids. Going old school, teaching some karate. And he he did a really good job about steering the conversation. That guy, you can definitely see his car selling techniques there so he's starting to talk to them about Miyagido meanwhile though Aisha and Tori are also at the country club keen drama Tori is saying about how this is not the beach she is using. this is so much nicer and more exclusive and like where's the, where's the where's the guys passing out the shitty hip hop demos in your face I thought that was funny. <laughs> uh, and Aisha's even joking with her. She said, you know, don't worry. They'll come out after the hors d'oeuvres. I like that. I like that joke from Aisha there. And while that is going on, Robbie and Sam, they're at the same country club. And with all these people here, you just know there's going to be some big teen drama, you guys. Woo! Sam spotted Aisha, and Robbie noticed she was upset about that. And Sam explained that they haven't spoken since after Valley Fest. She wants to clear the air. She's still mad about them ruining their performance, and I can definitely understand that. Sam's going to make some mistakes here, but I can definitely understand that. But I was going to say, is it up to Sam to clear the situation here? You know, is it's really... I mean, I really like Aisha, but I think it's up to her to apologize on this one, right? Yeah, definitely. Maybe Sam still could have reached out more, but I, I mean, Aisha did something with Cobra Kai, too. And Robbie said just that. He's like, hey, go out and talk to her. So Sam is going to go talk to her, saying that maybe we'll get another Miyagi-Do student 
She wants to bring her over to the light side, right? Yeah, and he says, uh, besides if a fight does break out, they can just record it, post it online. Uh-huh. Yeah, because they need to get some flair going as well. You're exactly right. And I bet Aisha would make a good Miyagi-Do student. What could have been? Nah, she, she's all Cobra Kai, man. What could have been? Okay, okay. She's definitely right now. And the camera panned up from the buffet in the next scene. And I like that. It's a little foreshadowing, you know, from the buffet table. And here we go with some more teen drama. You guys, you ready? So Sam tried to talk to Aisha, but Aisha said, you know that we're not okay, right? So Sam wanted to know what Aisha had to be mad about. You know, she's like, hey, you, you, know, you guys are the ones that mess up our Valley Fest thing. Yeah. And Aisha said that she was mad because, you know, Sam's dad attacked them first with the Miyagi-Do commercial, right? <laughs> Here we go. And then Sam said that she was just trying to do the right thing, and they start to argue. And I was going to say, Cole, if they kept arguing about who did what, they would go all the way back to what happened on Karate Kid 1 on the beach, you know what I'm saying? Right. It all goes back to the beach. It all goes back. It all goes back. The, the billboard, all that stuff, and everything, the dojo war, it all goes back to the beat. So these kids are still fighting out Daniel and Johnny's rivalry. If you think about it, it's crazy. Dude. It is crazy. Don't think about it. Like I said, you can't think about it too much, do you? Don't, don't no, it's it crazy much. awesome. It makes sense in a way, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, yeah, it's so crazy. Love it. So Sam starts to realize about how absurd it is, you know, them fighting, right? She's like, hey, it's the summer, and we're fighting about karate. And they start to joke around a little bit more. They're kind of, they can still be friends. I mean, they have a huge, you know, history together. And then we got a shot of Robbie sunning by the pool. And he's in sunglasses and shirt with his shirt off. And drink it in, ladies. Yeah, we got to get some for the ladies, too. And Aisha noticed that. She's like, hey, you and Abs are going to be training all summer. <laughs> it's going to be tough, right? And, uh, and you know, that Sam missed their opportunity. That was, the, that was the opportunity to bring Aisha in. She, she could have coaxed Aisha out of Cobra Kai with the Abs, I feel like. Uh, I don't know. I don't think that would have won it over, to be honest, man. Okay, that was, that was a good chance, though. But <laughs> as Robbie was lying there looking all cool, Marshall, the manager of the country club, recognizes him. He, you know, he starts to kick him out. Right, Cole? Yes. Marshall, the manager. And it seems that, yeah, he was known for stealing there. Like when he said to Sam that he worked a few summers ago, you know. Robin, Robbie. Robin, Robbie. The <laughs> robber. He robbed. <laughs> When he's going to grow up, his, his name will just be Rob. I'm going to shorten it to Rob. Big Rob. <laughs> so Marshall, the manager, starts to call the cops. But Amanda noticed what was going on. She told the manager that Robbie is their guest to leave him alone. And yeah, get lost, Marshall. Get out of here. Get out of here, Marshall. I love that name. Perfect. So he left, and Robbie starts to tell Amanda that, yeah, before... Before he met them, he was a different person. And he used to listen to the Misfits and wear jewelry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but seriously, like, he said that him and his friends did some stuff there that he regrets. 
they didn't hurt anyone, of course, but you know, maybe the manager was right. Maybe he should go. I really like this scene right here. Yeah, he's uh, he's he's very self aware. Robbie. Yeah, and honest about it. Big props to Robbie there, but big props to Amanda as well because Amanda responded by that by saying, "That guy's right. Maybe I should go." Hey, look, we all make mistakes. It's what we do next that counts, right? And yeah, it's one of my favorite scenes from Amanda because not only did she shoo the manager away, <laughs> but she accepted Robbie like right off the bat. And I, I really like that line there. Amanda's always the voice of reason. Very good. It is true. Everybody makes mistakes, you guys. But I also like that from Robbie because he does regret what he does in the past. You know, he doesn't just like to move on. So it's good from both of them. Green pluses all around. And Robbie was what looked like he was thinking about all of that when she left. And yeah, what did you? There's a lot to unpack on that scene too, Cole. But what did you think about all that? Well, uh, yeah, I guess uh, I guess the, the Russos don't know much about Robbie's past. And uh, he's seeing some of it catch up to him, but at least Robbie is, like I said, self-aware. He he uh, he can tell, you know, that he has changed, and uh, he wants to do better for himself. And at least uh, Amanda, always being the voice of reason that she is, did step in and help him out. Uh, I think it was we saw, like I said, a little bit of a different side of Amanda as well. See that she actually does care for this this kid, wants to see him do better. Yeah, it was so cool seeing her accept him right yeah. off the bat. And the music was always perfect there as well. We don't talk about the music enough show. The music always hits the right emotional note, and it really shined through there as well. Amanda needs her own theme. We will talk about the music more as we move on. And... Y'all, we cut back to the Cobra Kai dojo, and the show is going to cut back and forth here for a bit. It actually is telling three stories at once, really. So I was thinking about doing all three stories separately, but I think we're just going to take it as the show presented it. So yes, Priest was in the office, y'all, and he's arguing and he's threatening somebody over the phone as Johnny's coming out of the back room. And Kreese hung up the phone as Johnny asked. He's like, hey, is everything okay? What's going on? And Kreese answered by saying, yeah, he's just having a dispute with his hotelier. Hotelier. I actually had to look that up. See what that was when he said that. Yeah, it's just somebody who manages a hotel. Fancy stuff. You said he's been staying at a really nice hotel. That's right. The Universal City Sheraton says, he says it's top-notch accommodations, but he thinks that one of his housekeepers walked off with his watch. And then he grabbed his coat and he headed out saying, there might be a few good new students in the bunch. But Johnny was eyeing him, though. You know, and, a- and after his conversation with Miguel, I think he might be starting to second-guess what Kreese is saying. Right, Cole? Yeah, he knows, he know- yeah exactly. He knows Kreese. He knows he should keep an eye on Kreese. And I'm glad that he is. He, yeah, I'm glad that he is too, because he is just going to decide to follow him home, see if he's telling the truth. And as Johnny grabbed his car keys, 
Cole, I noticed that there was a like one of those lucky rabbit's foots on this keychain. <laughs> like, when's the last time you've seen one of those? I don't know. Uh, not since I was a kid. Dude, I actually used to yep. have one. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's totally '80s stuff. A little little Easter egg there. It's probably not a humane thing to have, you know, anymore. That's why I wonder Neil too anymore. It might have been a fake one. Hopefully, it's fake. Hopefully, I don't know that the old ones were fake. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I just, I think I saw a Lucky Rabbit's foot on there, and if it was, it's classic Johnny, and you know he loves rabbits, so it was definitely fake one. All definitely fake one. <laughs> team Daniel. No one team, <laughs> team Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go, you guys. So yeah, we cut back to Daniel at the country club. And the other parents were saying that they were hearing that bullies are on the rise. And, you know, because Cobra Kai is bullying at the school and stuff. And Daniel started to use his car salesman skills, started to talk about Miyagi-Do. It was perfect, perfect time for him to bring it up. And he was saying that the dojo was at a house, you know, and they train in nature and stuff. But right at that moment, Aisha's mom came up started saying you know talking about cobra kai right she totally stole the show on it yeah and they started talking about valley fest and aisha's mom even had cobra kai's performance on her phone of course <laughs> got it on my phone i love that and the other parents started getting excited about cobra kai and dang yeah she totally railroaded daniel's <laughs> entire pitch guy said i heard it was like a van halen concert he liked it and yet they had spark or spark yeah and that's his whole reason for being there it's kind of like their last chance that his last idea Mm -hmm. and so yeah daniel was looking disappointed it's free he's offering free lessons and can't even yeah it's free and he still can't get people to show up it's not working out daniel was looking disappointed as the show cut to sam and aisha's table Sam was telling Aisha that Robbie had actually moved into their house. But Sam said that nothing is going on. We are just friends. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, same as last words, dude. Oh my gosh, dude. They're living in a house together, dude. Come on. Insert woo sound here. But yeah, Aisha said, well, you know, she's still not going to tell Miguel about it. And why do you think she said that, Cole? That, that um, Aisha's not going to tell Miguel that Robbie moved in with Sam. Uh, because cause she knows that, uh, one, that would really piss off Miguel. <laughs> and two, it's not really his business, you know? And she's being a good... she's. You know, they may, they may have been on the rocks, but she's still being a good friend to Sam right now because of that. Yeah, I, I agree with you mostly. I think that I think that she's really doing it. My the what I got from that is that she's doing it, yeah, to protect Miguel. Yeah, exactly. And doesn't want Miguel to know because he'll just get mad about it. Yeah, he'll get mad, and and it'll. I thought it was like in my notes. I have it. It will break his heart again. Ooh, yeah, it probably would. Yeah, it's gonna be, oh, and piss him off. It's gonna be both, right? It'll be both for sure. 
but I think the breaking the, of the heart, you know, because Miguel is an emotional guy, and yeah, and he still has feelings for Sam. Yeah, and you know that would hurt him. So good on Aisha for protecting Miguel. There, there's a lot of teen drama in this one, you guys. And at that moment, Tori showed up, and she's showing them a bottle of vodka that they white from the bar. Tori's a bad girl. Ooh, that's exactly what I had in my notes right there. That's so funny. And I got to say that uh, Aisha seemed like she was down. Like she was down, you know what I'm saying? But Sam said you should put that back. Tori doesn't know who she is, so she said, uh, and you are? Goody, goody, Sam. Yeah. <laughs> when Aisha said, hey, this is Sam, Tori said, oh, the Sam. Like when, it, when like when everybody's when somebody says that like it's already off to a bad start. Yeah, because then Sam knows. Okay, you guys have been talking about me. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. And Sam looks a little miffed by that. And we are already off to a bad start, and we haven't even got through the introduction, y'all. Because this is going to be a huge rivalry, and this country club scene for me, Cole, is between. Sam and Tori is like equal to the beach fight scene to me between Daniel and Johnny. Okay. Kind of like that. It's like the start of their. Yeah. The rivalry. rivalry. Yeah, exactly. And it's, but instead of fighting on the beach, they kind of have it out here as a country club. Big time teen drama y'all. And we love it. So. Tori followed all that by saying, come on, like anybody's going to miss one bottle of vodka. And yeah, I'm not advocating this, you guys, but I've worked at a lot of country clubs and they would not miss a bottle of vodka. Sure. (laughs) Do not steal. Do not steal. Do not steal. Do not steal. (laughs) Tori went on by saying that you can swipe half the silverware in here, too. So she's kind of flaunting that a little bit. Get back at those rich people. Do not steal. Do not steal. Do not steal. Robin Hood. Sam said you shouldn't steal anything though. And you wouldn't steal a car. <laughs> <laughs> Tori then gives one of the best lines in the whole series saying, And what are you a nun? Ooh. I just love that. Are you a nun? Ooh, yeah. And these two already don't like each other. And I inc- I had to include all of that interaction because Sam and Tori, yeah, it's, it's one of the biggest rivalries in the whole show. Tori ends the conversation by saying to Aisha, come on, are we going to drink or, or not? To which Aisha said, okay, just one drink. Tori said, that's my girl, and even put her arm around Aisha as they walked off. And Cole, you know the feeling when you're like losing a friend, and you can see Ooh. them, yeah, you can see them being influenced by that. It's like, you know, you said that she's bad, right? Yeah. And kind of influencing Aisha and stuff, and she's cool. Aisha wants to be cool too. <laughs> That's right. You know, Sam was trying to be cool. The writing here is so good, okay, because you can tell that Sam is jealous. Who used to be her best friend? She's hanging out with somebody else new, who's like admitted to stealing, and she's drinking underage. You're right. I didn't. I didn't even think about the fact that Sam kind of did the same thing already to Aisha. You know, sort of hanging out with the popular girls and kind of left Aisha behind. 
You know, it's been flipped now. And I actually didn't want you know sand to get corrupted by them, and then exactly now it's flipped. That's why the writing is so good. You're right as well. And yes, what did you think about Sam and Tori's initial conversation, Cole? I think uh, they definitely got off uh, on a, a bad start. Sam, uh, just you know, she's good. I guess she's an overall she's a good person. Doesn't want to you know see someone steal anything from the country club. Uh, so the first thing she sees uh, is this girl stealing a bottle of vodka. Thinks okay, she must be be uh, untrustworthy in a untrustworthy in a thief. Sam already has a bad first impression of uh, of Tori. Mm-hmm. Great writing. You can tell it's going to influence Aisha. And yeah, Tori is bad girl, as you can see. Um, Tori reminds me of another character that we already know. She's a little like Robin Robbie. You're right. They're both coming from some hard circumstances. Yeah. It seems. It seems. And yeah, she is like Robin Robbie. She's we got to come up with a nickname for her too as we go. We'll get there. Territory, Tori the. <laughs> yeah, t- oh, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Tori, Tori the terror. I don't know. Yeah, we'll we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, so we then cut to what looks like to be a pretty rough side of town, where Crease is walking on the street and Johnny's creeping up with the challenger. Johnny's on the phone trying to ask where the hotel's at and it seems like it's not really a thing like the person on the phone doesn't know what what Johnny's talking about so that's happening and then we then cut back to the beach country club and Daniel's walking on the beach and he's looking a bit lost and he's needing some guidance here because you know he's tried making the commercial and he tried the demo at Valley Fest. And he's tried talking to the parent. And that was kind of his last chance. Yeah, he's feeling a little defeated right now. Cobra Kai has beaten him at every turn. And it's hard for him to figure out what to do next. And I totally love this scene, by the way. Y'all, there's a beautiful sunset happening in the background. And the music is happening and everything. It's perfect. And so the beach is a special place, by the way. You know, the beach is where Mr. Miyagi and Daniel trained, right? Fighting the waves. Yep. Doing the crane kick on the pylons stuff. So it's a special place. This scene's kind of like the cemetery scene. Very special so Daniel's walking down, and he spotted a fisherman that looked just like Mr. Miyagi, right? He did just look like him. Man. Yeah, maybe kind of sad to scene, to be honest, man. This is a sad scene. It's a touching scene. The show really makes it feel like Mr. Miyagi is still a part of the show. It does a really good job of that. Whenever Daniel needs guidance, he usually still gets it from his old teacher somehow. He got it in the cemetery when he was he didn't have balance. And now he's going to get some more advice. We even got some of Mr. Miyagi's music. 
But when he got there, turned around, it was just another fisherman. Daniel, Daniel said, I'm sorry, you look like an old friend. He was wearing the exact same clothes as Mr. Miyagi. He looked just the like him. Khaki pants, the khaki shirt, and the, the boonie hat. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it made me sad too when he turned around looking at it. Daniel said, I'm sorry, you look like an old friend. And the fisherman responded with, well, your friend, you know, did he like to fish? Daniel answered by saying yes, he, but he was a better fisherman than I ever was. Daniel then noticed that the fisherman's bucket was empty, and he said, not too many bites today? To which the fisherman responded, there's plenty still out there. And if you have something worth buying, eventually the fish will come to you. You just have to be patient. Daniel smiled and said, you are a lot more... You're a lot more like my friend than I thought. <laughs> that is some that is some Yagi wisdom there, man. One hundred percent. And they both nodded at each other as Daniel walked away. And as he's walking away, it was another one of those wide shots, Cole. It pulled back, way back, and we got the silhouettes of them two there. And you know, there's a lot of wide shots in Karate Kid one all the karate kids of them training and stuff. So whenever it has like a Miyagi scene, they like to do this wide shot. Yeah. And yeah, you could have just paused it there and put that in a painting, man. It was beautiful. Just perfect. It's a call to the, to the first movie where Mr. Miyagi was wearing, like I said, pretty much the same exact clothing as that guy and fishing also. And, uh, I man, that scene uh, almost brought through to my eye, man, you know, Hearing the music, seeing Daniel, you know, that misses Mr. Miyagi, and uh, she's a person that, you know, you almost believed it was him for a second, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It was, yeah. Uh, I, de- I definitely felt the same way. You kind of get your hopes up, even though you know, you know, it's not going to happen. But yes, you are 100% right there, Cole. I really like what the fisherman said. Yeah. He, he definitely said something that Mr. Miyagi would have said. It was definitely some Miyagi wisdom. And you can, apply, you can apply that to a lot of areas in life to be patient. You don't always have to be like Kai and go after it. Some, you know, sometimes you have to be patient you know, with relationships and stuff. That's exactly what uh, Daniel needed to hear right now, too. So. Whenever he needs guidance, it seems that he gets it from his old teacher somehow still. Yeah, that, and that scene's a 10 out of 10. And you are 100% right, Cole. It can bring a tear to your eye. And I definitely wasn't crying. And it was <laughs> one of those scenes. It's one of those scenes that gets me every time. It just gets me every time. Yeah, it, it, it makes you feel sad, but it also brings a smile to your face, too. That's right. I, I was smiling exactly right. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Well done, show. Well done. Back in the country club, though, Robbie was saying that he was sorry about the Aisha situation to Sam. You know, he's apologizing about all that teen drama. But Sam said that Aisha can hang out with whoever she wants. And is their friendship, like, over here, Cole? Mm, Pretty much. I think so, too. I think so, too. And at that moment, Amanda noticed that her wallet was missing. 
here's where it really goes off the rails, you guys. Robbie looked like he knew what was up. He left saying that he's going to go check the beach. Robbie did it. <laughs> Robbie did it. He just leaves. He just why leaves. He, why would he do that at that point? <laughs> he just dips out. We never see his character again. He, he's the one that stole the wallet. So, no, he's going to go check his old Robin Robbie spot. Because mm-hmm, he knows what's going on there. He knows what could be going on. Sam also looked like she knew what was up because she saw Aisha and Tori walking around. They were laughing arm in arm. Oh, teenage drama. A little bit drunk, probably. They've been drinking that, uh, vodka. Maybe so. Teenage drama. Here we go. Here we go. And yes, I think this interaction is really important. So I broke it down for us. It is like the beach scene to me for these two, Tori and Sam. Aisha was actually telling Tori about when she gave Yaz the front wedgie. They were like going over to that <laughs> and like laughing about it. <laughs> Sam confronts them though here. Stops them and says that her mom's wallet is missing. And Tori responded with, that sucks for her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sam continued though saying, wouldn't know anything about that, would you? Ooh. Just give me, she said, just give me the wallet back and I won't tell security. Sam. Dude, yeah, this is a huge mistake. That's too accusatory. Yeah, she doesn't know this girl. Yeah, I mean, she sees Tori, you know, I get it though. She sees Tori stealing stuff. She's not sure. She's not sure. She talked about stealing stuff too. She talked about stealing stuff in the country club all over the place. She talked about it, but still too accusatory from Sam. You can see where she was coming from. But yeah, I like Sam a lot, but this is a mistake. You know, that hot-headedness runs in the family, it looks like, a little bit. LaRusso 2.0. Yep. Tori responded to that with, are you freaking kidding me? And yeah, they save their F-bombs for like special occasions, really. But but I bet the real Tori would have dropped the F-bomb. Aisha even came to Tori's defense here, saying that Tori didn't steal the wallet. But Sam persisted, saying, right, and she didn't steal a bottle of vodka either. She went to all the silverware. Big mistakes here. And yeah, Tori got mad and said, listen, I didn't rob your mom, bitch. Love that line. She stepped up to to Sam, and they stared at each other for a second. And then Tori said, you know what? Let's get out of here. Tori turned to leave, but Sam straight up reached and grabbed for Tori's bag. She grabbed for it, Cole. That, that's, yep. That's all on Sam right there, man. Yes. Tori said, get off me. Pushed Sam back. Fell into the table. So not only was she was that accusatory from Sam, but now she she was the first one to get physical with Tori. I think uh, did, Sam fell into a cake. Did you not? It was the it was yeah. the dessert the dessert yeah. table. And yeah, what do you think about how all of this went down, Cole? Well, uh, bad first impression. Like I said earlier, you know, Sam sees Tori taking things like the bottle of vodka and the silverware and bragging about it. Uh, her mom's wallet just ends up being missing. So I guess. Uh, first thing she thinks of is probably it's probably Tori. And she's got that she got that LaRusso hot headedness and just uh went straight up to her and accused her of it. 
which is uh, wrong on her part because she doesn't know if Tori actually took that wallet or not. But I guess she, in her mind, Tori's just a thief, so it was probably her. Teen drama, you're 100% right there, Cole. And this is going to be a huge rivalry in the show, as you know. And would you say, like, who starts this rivalry? Sam. I'm going to have to agree with you. I'm going to have to agree with you there. I do love Sam, of course, and I do love Tori, of course. But, yes, you know, Sam was, starts the rivalry. It was Sam's choice to say something about the vodka. You know, she would have just been like, oh, okay, whatever. Nothing would have ever happened. And the grabbing of the bag. Yep. Grabbing of the bag and the accusing. Yes, it is like the version of their beach fight. Sam's being a dork. <laughs> Dork, <laughs> big dork. But the the one thing I would say is you could say that she did it to protect her mom. Like she, you know, you could see where she's coming from in a yeah, way. She's, she's trying to be good. She's trying to be a good guy. You know, it's a good kid. But it's still too much. Still too much. Yes, I agree with you. But it's still too much. You didn't see nothing. Come on, come on, come on, Sam. You, you <laughs> see, if you see something, no, you didn't. All right, that's a. What are you, a nun? What are you, a nun? So not only all of that happened, but when Sam fell, she got covered in desserts, man. Mm, chocolate cake. And yeah, that, I, I feel like that's just like when Daniel got covered in spaghetti sauce. Oh, man. Food, right? Yep. This is that version. Yep. It happened to her, too, uh, because she's LaRusso 2.0, of course. It's just like that from Karate Kid 1. Like father, like daughter. Yep. And uh, at least the desserts weren't hot like spaghetti sauce. Oh, man, that makes it even funnier. Remember, Johnny? Yeah. <laughs> so Aisha did go in to ask if Sam was okay, of course. To which Sam responded, real nice friends you have there. And Aisha responded with, well, you shouldn't have accused her like that. True. And as much as I like Sam, I have to agree with Aisha here. Team Cobra Kai. Team Cobra Kai. <laughs> yeah, she did start the rivalry. Hey, you're right. Team Yagi, though. <laughs> so while all that is happening, you guys, Robbie was looking around under the boardwalk. And we get a little action down here, you guys. He's down in his old Robin Robbie hunting ground. And he was guessing that his old friends, Trey and Cruz, were the ones that stole Amanda's wallet. He knows where they kept their stash. He's looking around for it, and he found it. And at that moment, Trey and Cruz did show up. And if you notice, Cruz still not sporting a mustache from when Johnny dogged him on his mustache. <laughs> so funny. Robbie heard them as they were walking down, and he went to set up his phone in a spot that would record what happened. And yeah, do you think that's a good idea, Cole? Pretty good idea. Yeah, yeah, he thinks it will be. He wants to record a fight for Miyagi-Do to show off and get more students. When Robbie told them they were going to have to give everything that they stole back, they were not having it. They were not having it. And Robbie got in his stance to defend himself. Or not. Or, or not. Uh. I see what you did there. I see what you did there. I tried, y'all. I tried. Stinker. And then, and then, and then bonk. 
Punk or or not, yes. So Robbie got hit from behind by this huge like third member of the crew. He's this huge guy with red hair. I'm gonna call him Big Red. Big Red with the oar. Yeah, Big Red with the oar. So like I said, there's a lot of storylines happening at once here, you guys. Because while that is happening, Johnny had tailed Crease into what looked like a halfway house or it was like a homeless shelter kind of. Definitely not a top-notch hotel, like he said. And he followed him all the way into his room. He says, "He says, what are you up to?" <laughs> yeah, what? Is, yeah, he's like talking to himself. What, what is, is the he deal? up to? But he's having this altercation with this other man, and he's accusing him of breaking into his Footlocker. And so this is like the origin of the stolen watch story on the phone earlier, of course, saying that his housemaid stole it. This is all fake. And when the lady who ran the place came in, told them to stop fighting, or she would throw Crease back out on the street. And we don't see Crease getting talked to like that very much. I mean, this is one lady is like the one that talked down to him. Yeah. And Crease like apologized. And the woman and the other man left as Johnny walked in. And Crease noticed him alone there. And this is the moment of truth from the title, isn't it, Cole? This is it. Yep, it is. So, yeah, what do you think about that, Cole? Johnny realizes, oh, man, Crease is maybe not, a, I'm not sure he's not sure if he's up to no good just yet, but, you know, definitely isn't telling the truth. Definitely not telling the truth. The moment of truth. But meanwhile, guys, back on the beach, Robbie is being surrounded by Trey and Cruz and Big Red. And Cruz actually took out a switchblade, if you notice. Yeah. And Big Red is holding on to him. Robbie's in trouble. But at that moment, though, Daniel dropped down from the pier, kind of. And you know how he, like... The way he dropped down is like the exact same way that Mr. Miyagi dropped down from when he saved Daniel from being jumped. Jumped down, like got into that stance like that. Exactly like Karate Kid 1. It doesn't look like an actual karate stance, right? But it works for him. It works for him now. Yeah, it's like a flowing, and he has left and right. He can move. Yeah. You know, it, they, they, it's very fluid. It's a very fluid stance. And Mr. Miyagi was able to go both stances left and right and yeah he's he's changing he's doing the same thing moving in a circle yep he is the master of miyagi do he looks just like it and this is daniel's first fight scene you guys daniel told him to let robbie go but the three were ready to fight and they, and they said all right grandpa let's go cole are you ready for some great karate action Yes. That's what we're here for, too. So here we go, guys, with another fight scene. All right, folks. Get ready. It's karate time. Trey went in for a punt, but Daniel dodged it, and he kicked him in the midsection. And then Cruz came in for a grab, but Daniel redirected him to hit his face on front of the post of the pier, and I love that. It's very Miyagi-Do. Redirected him in. And while he was still holding on to Cruz, Daniel kicked Trey again, and then he flipped Cruz onto the sand. So he took both of them out. But Trey came in back again, and Daniel kicked him away. 
He got back in that Miyagi-Do stance and he's still moving in a circle. He hasn't been hit yet and Daniel's pretty good. Big Red though, he dropped Robbie and then he moved in to fight Daniel. So Big Red went in for a big punch, of course. Daniel's able to dodge and he hit him in the throat actually, it looked like. And then Daniel front kicked him, which started him spinning around all the way around in the back, and then when he came back around to the other side, Daniel did a jumping front kick, spun him back the other way again, and bent him straight into the sand. Awesome. Big Red is down. Yeah, it was an awesome combo from Dan. Awesome combo. Trey, Cruz, and Big Red all lying on the ground. Daniel gave one of my favorite lines. He says, Grandpa know how to move like that, huh? <laughs> Daniel kicks ass. Daniel kicks ass, and I love that too. A little trash talk as well. And yeah, what did you think about that fight scene, Cole? Woo, that Daniel, was a good one. Daniel is now the master. He's now the master, and uh, he had no problem fighting uh, th three guys, you know, basically by himself. I mean, Robbie did help a little, but he got knocked out there, like you said at the end. Uh, Daniel's awesome. Daniel has he learned from Mr. Miyagi well. You can see, and he's he hit that training up. He's he's not afraid to uh, do some kicks there. And he, you know that was awesome. It was awesome, you guys, to see Daniel back in action, and he didn't take one hit there. And that combo at the end was flawless perfect. victory. Flawless victory. Flawless victory. Y'all know it, and that was so cool. But we go from a fight scene, you guys, down to a, a touching scene. You know how this, this show can kind of do both at the same time. And we are back with Johnny and Crease at the halfway house. And this is the moment of truth, you guys. We are back in Crease's room there. And if you notice, Cole, Crease's black and white war, you know, war photo when he's holding M16 and all that stuff. You know, it's, yeah. it, was, it, was, it was on the nightstand in the background. Very, very cool touch there. And this is a very emotional scene, right, Cole? It is. Yeah, it's in a really emotional scene. Johnny and Kreese, they're sitting on the bed together. And by the way, Martin Cove here, the guy who plays Kreese, his acting is really amazing here. And he, he shows a lot of range, okay? Because we always see Kreese as like a badass, smoking the cigar and... Yeah. Wearing the sunglasses, being it's all tough cool. old man. That's right. Here, we get to see another side of Crease. And I think Martin Cove's acting here was, was superb. So, the music was also great, of course. Please do not forget about the music, you guys. As always, it's giving us some slow, deep guitar notes. And they're having this conversation. Johnny started things off by saying, you know, you could have told me the truth. Chris said that, you know, he's like, Johnny, you knew me while I was on top. And it's kind of hard to let that go, of course. 
And then Johnny started to ask Chris if any of those stories were true, right? Afghanistan, Pakistan. Yeah. That trip to Tahiti. And on a side note here, the trip to, uh, to Tahiti was real, actually. It's, it's, it's where he <laughs> met. That, like, that's where Terry Silver sent him in, right. in Karate Kid 3. So that was actually real. And then Kreese began to tell Johnny what he had actually been up to this whole time. And this is such a good scene because we get to hear what actually happened to the character of Kreese after the events of Karate Kid movie. Yeah. I never, I never thought I would hear this. You know, I never thought I would get this. So another, it's all a bonus, as I said, guys and gals. Kreese said that Things got pretty rough after he lost the dojo. And we got some flashback scenes of Kreese wandering the streets at the beginning of Karate Kid 3. And he said he tried to re-enlist, but they wouldn't take him because of what he termed, you know, the bullshit psychologist now. Yeah. Saying that, you know, they didn't know what it, what it was like and they weren't in the shit, he said. And he said most of them weren't even born. And this touches on some huge subjects like how we treat our veterans, PTSD and stuff. And, and we'll talk about some of that stuff in another episode for sure. Kreese went on to say that one of his war buddies even offered him a job, but it felt like a handout, so he didn't take it. And I was thinking that maybe that was Terry Silver that offered him the job. Could have been yeah. in one of his businesses, maybe. Chris went on to say that, yeah, he banged around here and there doing this and that, and he got old. And in the last 10 years, he's been living in places like this. But then he heard about what Johnny did at the All Valley, and he figured it was his second shot. And so, yeah, now, now we see why Chris was caring so much about the Kai kids, you know, the training at the cement yeah. truck, and you're like, why is this old man here and stuff? And. I'm glad that you asked those questions because yeah. the, show, the show will usually have a reason, even though it might be you know, kind of left field stuff. But yeah, this kind of answers that question. No, here's the reason. Yeah, the reason, the moment of truth. Kreese finished all this off by saying that with all the shit that he's seen in his life, he feels like a broken man, and he doesn't really feel like he can be fixed. And what did you think about what Kreese had to say there, Cole? He's uh, he's finally show, showing some uh, vulnerability there, you know. Uh, and he, you see, he's not really—he's not actually this uh, tough old grizzled vet that you think he is. He's—he's he's actually, unfortunately, what uh, happened to a lot of Vietnam veterans. He's just—he's uh, got psychological issues, and he's homeless, which is unfortunately what happened to a lot of non-vets. But yeah, we're seeing a side of Kreese we haven't seen. He's even seen a vulnerable side of Kreese. Yes, he really opened up there. And we're going to get into some of that stuff about the veterans. You're exactly right. And Martin Cove is even really good at doing kind of like a thousand yard stare sometimes. He does a really good job with that. And you can tell that he has some psychological problems and all that stuff. So... I just have to, my hat's off again to Martin Cove for the range to be able to pull that off. He did a perfect job. And William Zabka also acting well here. 
when Johnny comes back, it's one of the most badass answers in the whole show mm-hmm. for me, yep. dude. So good. What does he say? So, Chris, that sounds like defeat. And I was always taught that defeat does not exist in this dojo, does it? Oof. I love that answer. I love that answer because by citing that rule of Cobra Kai, Johnny has brought Kreese back into the dojo, also to his life, and he also reminds Kreese of his own teaching. He just said his own words back to him. So great. Johnny finished all this off by saying, Cobra Kai wouldn't be around if it wasn't for you, which is true. Yeah. And if you want a chance to redeem yourself, you got it. But Kreese has got to try to do things Johnny's way. Johnny's going to be in charge. And if that works for you, then put his hand out. Kreese took his hand as the, as the music faded away, and he said, yes, sensei. He hadn't called, yeah, he hadn't called him. He hadn't called him since yet, had he? No, no, you know at all. Yeah. Now he's the master or whatever. Uh, Johnny's the now the sensei, and yes, that is such a great scene, Cole. Tell me what you thought about it. It's a uh, yeah, it's a side of Crease you haven't seen before. We see that you know Johnny probably thinks of Crease as a father figure. Johnny, you know, didn't really have a real dad, and Crease is the closest thing he's got to one. So I think that's why he kind of feels a little sorry for for Kreese as well and wants to see him uh, and wants to give him a second chance. Yeah, he's you know that does explain why why is this why is this old man back all of a sudden trying to you know take over this business? It's because he's a, a homeless war veteran who wants to uh, try to get a second chance in life. Supposedly, I'm not sure if I trust Kreese all the way, man. He's greasy. <laughs> he's pretty greasy but i i think there's some truth to this and i for the spinoff the most likely spinoff to me is going to be a young johnny and a young crease so we're going to learn more about their yeah. relationship you guys i believe in the future and it's a super touching scene but i did notice that as as the camera pulls back like Johnny and Kreese, they, they kind of look like they he might hug, kind of, but they didn't, you know, it was like a hand on the shoulder type thing. A little bit awkward at the end because they're not like hugging friends. Like it's, 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 it's not a hugging relationship. Yeah, I mean, Johnny like, just kind of patted, give him like a pat on the back pretty much. Mm-hmm. It's not a straight up hugging type thing. They're still not all the way there yet. But yeah, that's huge. Crease is now under the tutelage of Johnny. He says, <laughs> "Yes, big scene. The next scene is also great too, you guys. And we are in the back of the Miyagi Do Dojo, and I feel like this is the next day. It's the next day. Sam is there. They're ready to start training again. She's on her phone. She's looking pretty down." You know, she's looking over her text with Aisha and stuff. Did you see all that? Yeah, Aisha won't respond to her. She won't respond. I, yeah, I stopped and looked at what they were saying on their text. And Sam wants to start over. 
Aisha says she's done, and I think we can safely assume that their friendship is officially over. I gotta say that was kind of initiated by Sam, even you know since way back in the first uh, season when Sam kind of abandoned Aisha. So Aisha still feels resentment, I think, for that. You're exactly right, Cole. I almost forgot about that. So I'm glad that you brought that up. A lot of teen drama there, you guys, as we said. And yes, now it looks like Aisha is kind of the cool girl. So Robbie also showed up and he's like holding the back of his head. He's still kind of hurt that oar. He got smacked. And he went into the dojo where Daniel was doing some breathing meditation. He was finding his balance. Daniel asked Robbie how his head was feeling. He said it was a little sore. And then Robbie said it was stupid for him to put himself in that situation, of course. Something good did come out of it, though. And then he showed Daniel the footage, the footage that he got on his phone. You know, he's saying that they can use it to promote the dojo, of course. I like Daniel's response here, though. He smiled. He kind of thought about it, but then he shook his head. He said no. He said, Miyagi-Do is about self-defense, protecting others, not credit. They're going to have to try another way. And as they walked out to the back of the dojo, Daniel went on to say that, Miyagi, that Mr. Miyagi you know, didn't recruit him. He took Daniel in because Daniel needed him. Yep, that's exactly right. Exactly what happened in Karate Kid 1. And that they just need to be patient. Just like the fisherman told him. Yep. So good. So good. Daniel finished this by saying, you just have to let those who need them find them. And what happened at that moment, Cole? Here comes Dimitri. Yes, of course, Dimitri. Perfect timing. The music hit. I love this moment. <laughs> Dimitri's like, excuse me? Uh, I wasn't sure if I should use the gate or the doorbell. <laughs> and then he starts talking about the koi pond. Asking He's already being Dimitri. <laughs> yeah, saying how much does it cost to maintain? And Daniel's like, may I help you? Dimitri <laughs> <laughs> answered, yeah. I want to learn karate. And that's such a great moment, dude, because <laughs> Daniel looks completely blown away. And he kind of he was kind of emotional, right? Yeah, he got excited. Yeah, exactly. And kind of looked like he was like a thank you kind of a thing. And we heard the Miyagi Do theme and my hair was just standing up, man. It was so cool. Daniel answered him by saying, You have you have come to the right place. And Dimitri and Sam are smiling. Well, Daniel put his hand on Robbie's uh, shoulder. Oh, and I love all that, man. If only, if only Daniel knows what he's getting into with Dimitri. <laughs> yeah, he's going to need some help, too. And how do you feel about that scene, Cole? You know, it, it, it all just falls into place. Daniel uh, took the advice of uh, the man on the beach who gave him some Miyagi-like advice. And it ended up actually working out. Wait, wait for them to come to you. And they will, and here comes Dimitri. It's totally true, because he did try the commercial way. Didn't work. He did try the Valley Fest way. And he did try his car salesman way. He was out of ideas. and But this is exactly how he got under Mr. Miyagi's teaching. 
he's the one that looked for help. So they're just going to need to wait and be patient, just like you said, Cole, and the fishermen. Well said. So it's so cool, though. Miyagi-Do finally has another student. It's official, you guys. It's official. And here's the last scene, you guys. The last scene, we are back at the Cobra Kai Dojo. And Johnny was teaching his students about the back thrust kick. Hawk asks a question, right? He says, what if your opponent attacks you from the back? And Johnny answered by saying, excellent question. And then he asked if Priest wanted to take this one. Like, do you want to leave the class? Kind of for the first time? Priest answered, certainly, Mr. Lawrence. And if you notice, Kreese was wearing a sleeveless black shirt with black pants. Yep. It's like representing that he's getting closer to his true form. Almost. Get the <laughs> gi, like the old, yeah, the old sleeveless gi. He's getting closer and closer. His clothes change throughout this season as he gets closer and closer to his true form. And as Johnny stepped aside, Miguel asked Johnny, kind of on the side, he's like, are you sure about this? Johnny answered, don't worry, I got this. We'll have to see about that, folks. Kreese took over the class, and it's kind of a big moment, Cole, right? Yeah. Kreese is back to teaching again, and he took over the class, and he's going to take us home by saying, The key to this move is making your enemy think you are retreating. But just as they let their guard down, that's when you strike the hardest. Race! And the students smiled, especially Hawk. And the music hit a crescendo as Priest did a back thrust kick straight into the camera. And it was a cut to black. End of episode, y'all. And what did you think about that scene, Cole? Ooh. He said, uh, yeah, he was talking about that that kick. Just when you think they're retreating, when the enemy decides to attack, it's time to counter and land the kick. It's a devastating move, especially if the opponent can't react in time. I think it might be a little bit of foreshadowing, man. With Kreese, I don't know. He seems he still seems greasy to me, dude. Oh man, just like the brumation, right? Yeah. Just like the brumation. Yep. It is like that. Just just when you think that you're safe, you're not. <laughs> well said, Cole. I think you're 100% correct. And yes, what do you think about Priest taking Cobra Kai back over in a way? Uh, I don't trust him, man. I think he's crazy. He's starting to yeah teach again. I think you know he's being pretty real about his situation right now, life at least with Johnny. You know he's living in homeless shelters and. Not exactly uh, where where he thought uh, where we thought he was. Crease, I guess, is probably embarrassed about that. Another reason why he lied about it. Mm-hmm. But uh, it seems to me like you know he's just he's done this to Johnny already multiple times. Just waiting for Johnny to let his guard down so he can sneak in. I think you're right about that again, Cole. And he's doing a great job slithering back into Cobra Kai. But at least we know now why he does it, and he's got PTSD or something, and it makes him act weird. 
Yeah, it's all that he's got. It's all that he's got, and he did create Cobra Kai. It is his legacy. He's going to try to slither back in. You're right. I think he's being truthful about his situation, and that was the moment of truth, you guys. So, yes. What did you think about that episode all the way in general, Cole? The whole thing. Lots of new drama. I like the new character, Tori. She's a cool chick, but she's also kind of, you know, like I said, bad girl. We're going to see what happens with her. Already got a big rivalry going on with Sam. You said, like you said, it is a lot like uh, the beach scene with uh, Daniel and Johnny. It's sort of a huge rivalry there, so we'll see what happens with that. And like you said, man, it's just crazy to think that this all began on that beach. Oh, they're still fighting out that rivalry. Yeah, we, got, we have two competing dojos in a, like a, kind of like a, a karate uh, like dynasty going on almost with their here. And it's all because of that one altercation on the beach in the eighties. That's right. The, the, the dojo war is beginning and you're right about the huge rivalry. Tori and Sam, it's going to be a major thing. You guys I like Tori. I think she's cool, man. I think she's cool. Tori is a cool girl with a lot of Santa Cruz cool clothes as well. And she is a cool character. I think her and Robbie would. I think her and Robbie would make a good pair. Ooh, 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 flirting. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, did you have any favorite lines or moments from that episode, Cole? I liked uh, Daniel watching Daniel fight. That was pretty cool. Oh yeah, uh, seeing the, uh, the the like the kicks he did and everything. Like, see, you know, seeing Daniel, you're like, man, you don't. You don't you're not really sure what all he's got in him, and uh, he's well at he does well at uh, making himself seem more, I guess maybe weaker or more vulnerable than he actually is. He can still fight. Yeah, he can. And then also, I really did like the scene with uh, on the beach where you know Daniel's kind of feeling down, looking for guidance, and he sees the the fisherman that looks like Mr. Miyagi. And, Give him some of that Miyagi wisdom, and like I said, that almost brought a tear to my. Eye. Also, a smile made me smile though, because it made you think of you know Mr. Miyagi's, Miyagi's wisdom. Good to see that in the show. Yes, it gives me the feels, and yeah, you're, you're giving me the feels right yeah. now. Just just talking about it, that was a fantastic scene. Every time they deal with something like that, it's done in such a great way that it does honor to Mr. Miyagi, and it makes him feel like he's still part of the show. It makes it feel like he's yeah. still part of the show. And flashbacks also to him every now and then. Flashbacks, yes. This time the wisdom came from the fishermen. And they even did the wide shot at the end where you get the silhouettes, sunset in the background. And yeah, if you pause that, folks, you could just put that in a frame and slap that on your wall because that is art, folks. Uh, what about yours? What was, what was your favorite uh, scene in this episode? My heart says that the Miyagi scene on the beach yeah. with the fisherman is my favorite scene. Definitely. It is just so well done. You know, just like you, I love the Daniel fight. So cool seeing him doing the Miyagi-Do stuff. The moment of truth is also huge. Yes. Of course. You know, we got to find out exactly what Kreese has been up to and that he's not what he seems. And he has slithered his way back to teaching in Cobra Kai. Johnny says he can handle it. 
and we'll have to see about that. And yeah, there was basically three huge stories going on at once, with another one being the beginning of the the Tory and Sam rivalry. And you guys, I'm telling you, this one is going to be a huge one. It was just like the beach scene. So we have to break it down and find out exactly what happened. And to me, Cole, it seemed like, fortunately, Sam did start it. Oh, yeah, she did. It looks like she did. So we'll have to see what happens with all of that. There was so much teen drama. There was some huge revelations. We got some cool karate fights with Tori versus Miguel and also Daniel versus Trey Cruz and Big Red. So it had a little bit of everything, folks. And yes, Cole, do you have anything else to say about that episode, my man? I don't think so, man. I think we uh, summed it up pretty well there. I think so, too. Yes. I had a great time talking to you about Cobra Kai as well. As always. Same here. That was such a fun episode. There was a lot going on, so I'm glad that we were able to break it down and really talk about it. And there's more stuff happening, folks, because this is just the beginning of the Dojo War. And we're going to go all the way to the end, folks. And why are we going all the way, Cole? Because Cobra Kai... Never guys, and you bet your ass about that one. So, thanks for listening, everyone. Goodbye. Thank you. Peace. Peace. <laughs>